everybody, it's Liz from Grow Your Mindset and our Mindset and You interview today is a little bit different because I have the pleasure of interviewing the lovely Jenny Artley. Now our paths first crossed nine years ago back in 2011 when Jenny did her PGC, part of her PGC placement with myself, so I was her mentor sounds really good doesn't it <laughs> and she came to my school and was in my year two class at the time and how long I can't remember how long you spent was it about six, it was around eight weeks eight weeks um, on a placement with me so um, Jenny's here to talk today because she's coming in talking about mindset in terms of being a teacher but also in terms of being a young mum and most recently in terms of becoming a business owner as well okay so Jenny do you want to just introduce yourself and then we'll start having a little bit more of a question session yeah so I'm Jenny and I have a little boy he's 18 months old now Arthur um, I've been teaching for eight years mostly key stage two and I've recently left my school to set up my own business doing pre and postnatal fitness classes um, so mum and baby or toddler sessions um, as of September so that's really exciting. So exciting journeys in all directions there haven't we? Fantastic. So if we take your journey right back to when you were on practice pretty much when myself and Gemma began to explore the importance of mindset we realised very quickly as teachers that it was the foundation of learning. But when I reflect back to my experiences at university, there was nothing in relation to developing this sort of theory-based um, principle in my classroom. It was all very core subject structured or um, depending on where you went with your dissertation. So I chose science, so it was very much subject-based. When you were at teacher training, did you attend any lectures at all because you were later on than me? So were they starting to introduce it at your university when you were training as a teacher? No, same as you. Um, I didn't have any specific training in mindset during my teacher training. And I definitely think it would have been worthwhile. Um, I first came across the concept of growth and fixed mindset in my first couple of years teaching. Um, and I, I really did see great value in it. I thought it was fantastic, but I also think that I had some misconceptions in my understanding around it. Um, there's a lot of resources available online and on teacher resource websites and things like that. Um, but I think simplify the idea quite a lot in a way that's not always helpful to the children. So you get a lot of kind of the the posters with the don't say this, but say this. Don't say I can't do it, say I can't do it yet. <laughs> but without giving them any kind of strategies or support for doing that and helping them to change their mindset. Mm. Um, so I think, I think fundamentally the approach I took to teaching did incorporate naturally a lot of the ideas that you work on with children and adults through growing mindset and I observed them in your classroom as well um, but I think this year since working with you and you coming into work with my class and staff at, at Green Hill I've been able to clarify my own understanding a 
lot more, which has really impacted on the children that I was working with. So in that, in terms of that, then if if it's if if the developing a growth mindset is the foundation for learning, then hopefully universities will see that it's pertinent enough to be able to develop courses on that for new teachers coming through the through the ranks. I think I think it's something that they're going to definitely have to look at. Do you agree with that? 100% definitely, like you say, the focus for me, I don't know if it's any different now, but the focus for me was definitely on curriculum and what you teach yeah. um, and how you might go about that in, in terms of planning lessons, but there certainly wasn't so much around mindset. And if you think, if the, if the children aren't in that kind of mindset, if they don't feel secure and safe within their learning environment, it doesn't matter what you teach or how you teach it, because yeah. that, that's the foundation of it for them, isn't it? Plus as well, it's about the teacher's mindset because I know for myself, I, I was giving fixed messages unknowingly because I was defaulting to my unconscious bias, which yeah. I was unaware of. And, yeah. um, you, you know, so you're giving these messages out that could be magnifying fixed mindsets in your class without even realising it. And we have Absolutely. spoken a few times to um, a great guy, James Anderson, and he said every day as a teacher, you go in the classroom and you impact on mindset, whether that be a fixed or a growth. So yeah. every day you impact on mindset, it's which one do you want to magnify the most? And hopefully for all teachers, it's a growth mindset, but how do we do that? So that, that's something that I think really is pertinent for teacher training now. Yeah, because it's, it's very easy to say, isn't it? Um, but if you don't have any, it's just like I said with the children, it's easy to say, oh, you need to have a growth mindset, you need to do this and things like this. Yeah. If you're not helping them to do that or promoting that yourself in the right ways and giving them strategies, then you can't, it's the same with teachers, you need, they need the training and, and the understanding to be able to take that forward with them. Exactly. And that, at the moment I'm working, um, doing some one-to-one -one work and this child has got a really good knowledge now of what growth mindset looks, sounds and feels like and is on a real journey. So it's now taking that to the next stage in terms of managing his impulsivity because he just jumps into things straight away. And I just, I'm reflecting now thinking if you can have a whole class that have that understanding of mindset and then you can pinpoint persistence and all these other little toolkits that they can then, what sort of life skills you develop in there yeah sure the earlier the better as well isn't it so you know we, you came in and worked with my class at year six but if we could have got in with them oh. when they were four or five years old yeah it might have been a different journey for them exactly yeah right well let's think about that thinking about your journey into the teaching profession so what actually was it about teaching that drew you to the profession in the first place so all my um, experience leading up to that point was um, working with children. So I've done oh, kind of work experience placements in preschools. And then from being 16, my weekend job was a children's party entertainer for, for a good few years. So wow. it was great. Yeah, I spent my weekends dressing up as a princess or a superhero <laughs> and doing the cha-cha slide many, many times. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so I've got a lot of experience working with children. Um, my degree is in English language and linguistics. So I chose to base my final dissertation around how literacy is taught within primary schools. 
So that gave me a chance to go into different schools and get a bit of a feel for it, find out a bit more about teaching. And I also met some really inspiring teachers that, that kind of helped me make up my mind that that was the, the career path I wanted to take. Um, I just, and what I really loved about it was seeing people take what could be considered quite dry material from the curriculum and making it exciting and engaging for the children. So yeah. not to start sucking up to you or anything, but honestly, you were one of the most creative teachers that I have come across. <gasps> and so genuinely, <laughs> and you did, you, you have such a talent for making lessons fun and engaging and memorable for the children. And that was something that I really tried to take forwards with me into my career. Um, and when you do that and when you put that effort in and you, and you are creative, what you get back from the children, it just makes it makes so worthwhile. Um, so like at the end of year six, when children, well, they did at our school, they write their memories of the whole way through school. And to see them writing about specific learning and experiments and lessons that I've done with them two, three, four years prior to that, and they've yeah. still remembered, just yeah it makes it worthwhile definitely does doesn't it and i always used to think when i was planning my lessons i'm the type of person that used to get quite bored quickly if i kept repeating the same thing so i did i was always looking for technology or things to make things a little bit more engaging but inspiring for the kids and i used to think do you know what if i'm sat in that chair for all these hours in a day what would I want to really make me engage in it? So I used to put myself in the shoes of the child and think yeah. about using music, using visuals, using, do you know what I mean? Thinking about all the different things because it's a long day for a child to be sat in a, in a seat, you know, and getting them up and moving, which is why I love the Kagan stuff as well. Yeah, introducing all that. So, yeah, so. And what you rate now is how much you know, Twitter and Facebook and social media, you can pick up so many great ideas from other teachers sharing as well. So it's really yeah. nice. That you, you can have that online community and all we can share from each other, which Definitely. helps. Definitely. And, you know, and it's one of those, that's mindset in itself because some teachers that I see on Twitter feel threatened by what they're seeing now because you, they're seeing people's classrooms and the way they're being decorated and the way they're being displayed. And they're already feeling threatened about, oh, I should be doing this, I should be doing, you know what I mean? And it's like the comparisons in the, within the profession really do have quite a detrimental effect on mindset yeah. and well-being, as well as being inspired by these people as well. So you've got people's mindsets on that continuum all the time, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So being inspired by people is a good way to go. <laughs> Definitely. So I said earlier that our past, I can't believe it's nine years ago when we first met, but recently, more recently, like you said, I came in to deliver our Mindset Motivation um, programme with your year sixes. But how has your journey of developing your mindset and becoming mindset aware impacted on you personally, but also professionally? So those sessions that you did with my class were a game changer really for both them and for me as well um, and I fully believe in the impact of working on mindset and on their attitudes um, but I think just like you said before I've done a lot of things in the past without even realising mm. that I haven't 
really encouraged a growth mindset within my classroom. Um, and I think there can be a lot of pressure, even in primary schools at the moment, on teachers and on the children as well. And I think sometimes the, the focus on effort um, and attitude that, that children bring to the classroom can sometimes be outshone by the focus on results and, and you know, what the school needs to get or mm -hmm. um, driving them forwards. So, like I mentioned earlier about having some misconceptions prior to your visit, one of those was, was about the getting friendly with your fixed session. All right. Did. So I think the resources that I've seen before you came and did your sessions, um, they almost make out it's really bad to ever think in a fixed way and, you know, no, don't have a fixed mindset, that's terrible. Mm. Um, and those sessions allowed me and the children to realise that actually, yeah, everybody feels that way sometimes and it's okay to feel that way mm. as long as we try and start nudging ourselves to that more growth approach. Um, then it's all right. I think that that was a huge one for me to go. Yeah. Oh, actually, you know, even as a teacher or as a person, yeah, I feel I do feel fixed sometimes. But right, what can I try and do about that? It's yeah, okay. it's about changing your perspective, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely did that. Um, and then another session that had a massive impact was the one you did about um, learning zone versus performance zone. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so um, it was really interesting actually to see how many children did feel that they're in their performance zone within lessons and within the learning um, and they're frightened to make mistakes for whatever reason and, it, and it's a barrier for them. Mm. Um, and by doing your, doing your sessions with the class, with me in there as well, I think that was really important that I was there with them on that journey. Um, we had something to refer back to then for the rest yeah. of the year. So when we came across those moments where somebody was, you know, a bit stuck, feeling a bit fixed, we could work together on it or we really could celebrate the having a go and, and taking risks in your learning, even if you don't get it straight away or, if you, you know, you don't get it quite right. Mm. That's fine. And it was really nice to have that. So, oh, remember what Liz said about this? So, you know, what can we do? Well, what can we say? How can we work on this? Yeah. Um, it, was just, it was nice to have that to, to think back to all together as a team. Yeah. Um, That's one of the yeah. things that we say when myself and Gemma go into schools, it's so important for the teacher to be on the journey and the TA, yeah. be on that yeah. journey with the children, to be self-reflective and you were really open and honest with your kids. I mean, I remember after that lesson, you talked to them about your perfectionism. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, listen guys I feel like I should be performing all the time when actually it's my first year in year six I'm actually yeah. learning and, and your yeah. perfectionism was coming out in terms of it's got to be right spot on first time and, and it's interesting because we've talked to quite a few teachers who have those perfectionism issues and they want the books to look good they want everything to look spot on and their perfectionism is rubbing off on the kids and then they're thinking, oh, everything's got to be right. Everything's got to look perfect or else yeah. it's not good enough. And then children sort of like focus more on the presentation rather than the content. So then when you give them feedback to improve that content, it's like, 
oh, but it's all really nice and it looks good and I don't want to have to do it again because I might not be able to get it as good as that next time. And it's really yeah. interesting, their thought processes. Definitely, definitely. And then yeah. some of the, um, the more practical things that we talked about as well really, really helped. So just for example, you talked to me about giving um, progress marks back to the children oh, yeah. instead of sharing their scores. And so you might have a child who scored 40 out of 50 on one test and 41 out of 50 next time. So they've improved by one. Whereas yeah. you might get a child who scored seven on the same test and then the next time scored 14. So they've actually, you know, doubled their score. Their progress mark was really high. Yeah. Um, and it really, it, by celebrating that progress, it really boosted the self-esteem of some of the children in my class who previously might have compared their mark with the person next to them and yeah. felt bad about it. They were saying, oh, I've got seven more than last time. I've got seven. Yeah. Um, and it, it really helped. And obviously, you know, you've got children who are going to score high scores every time. And I'm not saying that shouldn't be celebrated because yeah. the likelihood is they're doing really well because they work hard at it. Yeah. And, you know, they're they're in their learning zone, they're putting the effort in their learning zone ready for that performance zone. But that doesn't exactly. mean that other person who's exactly. getting seven or 14 isn't doing that as well. It's just exactly. their neuron, you know, the neural pathways yeah. are being as, are as developed or aren't as practiced. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it's about acknowledging that, that effort and it not just being, oh, well, I didn't get as much as them. Yeah, because they've put in that effort. They've, you know, they have strengthened those pathways, and they're they're making progress, and that's great. Yeah, yeah. Because remember, developing that culture of growth, it's about creating an ethos where um, you know your abilities can be developed. Whereas a fixed mindset classroom is very much intelligence ranking. So it's very yeah. much where do I fit in in the pecking order in terms of being smart or clever, and it's about yeah. breaking that down because I do feel as an educational system, not just in the UK, but when we talk to teachers across different countries, it is very much academic based. Um, yeah. And I think we need to shift. And I think with COVID and everything else, we have got an opportunity now to make change because yeah. of the situation that we're in. So I'm just fingers crossed. I just hope there are enough strongly visioned head teachers out there who I mean, and I've seen them on Twitter, they're ready for change. <laughs> but there are a lot who are ready to just fall back into what they always do and be driven yeah. by us. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Which is a shame. So we talked a lot about teacher, the teacher side of you, but you've got many sides. And your mummy to Arthur, who is absolutely adorable. Um, so do you think understanding and having the knowledge of mindset as a parent is powerful and what things have you become more aware of as one of the main influences now around Arthur? Yeah I think it's hugely powerful um, yeah. it is the strangest thing how habitual it is even when you've not had a child before to say oh clever boy when they do something for the first time and I've really tried to be conscious um, right from him being tiny of the language that I use yes. towards him. And I think especially when he was really little and didn't have a clue what I was saying, some of my friends and family found it quite humorous when I was saying, 
oh, you're trying so hard to roll over. You're putting so much effort in. <laughs> we were like, I mean, not said yet. You've got an opportunity to grow your brain. Wait until that one comes out. That would be great. <laughs> oh, we'll get there, definitely. Um, <laughs> but I've just, I've tried to form habits within myself, I suppose. Yeah. That um, encourage determination and and you know you you've met him he's he's a very determined little character especially yeah. when cake involved oh yeah <laughs> um so so yeah but you've i mean you pointed out when you came into into school that little ones don't give up trying to walk no matter how many times they fall over they get up and keep trying but at some point a lot of children do start giving up and and you and do get that fear of failure mm. um so i just really want to kind of encourage all things growth as much as i can with him yeah. and, and the language that i use towards him is the main way that i'm trying to do that at the moment within being so little it is i mean language plays a huge part in terms of your journey as an influencer but also your internal dialogue, your thinking voice that you say to yourself. So language, I would say, in terms of a growth mindset journey, is probably 80% of the journey. Um, and yeah, for a young child, I mean, it's about finding your inner baby. Because like we say, babies ask lots of questions, they're curious, they want to find things out, they smile at everybody, they keep going, they're resilient. And then there's a certain thing for us then to be able to have that growth mindset and then suddenly become default into a fixed mindset from about i'd say about age four or five that's quite a change that to be born growth and then default to a fixed at four or five is is a massive change in thought processes and beliefs and all the rest of it so yeah i parents play a huge part which is why when we do the work with classes we invite parents in for that session so the children can share their learning um, and it's a bit of an eye-opener for parents. They don't understand yes. fully what growth mindset is. They've seen the posters maybe, they've seen schools with a growth mindset display up, but that's about it. It's a bit wallpaper-ish. Um, but it's about getting parents to engage in that for themselves because some parents, because of their own experiences of education, will have a fixed mindset towards education. So it, it's a bit... A bit of a battle in terms of delivering that message into because they're the biggest influencer of their child if you think about a child spends a thousand hours in school in an academic year but five thousand hours at home you've got a big area and that's what used to sort of frustrate me in a way as a teacher because i'd be developing that growth mindset ethos in class and i'm sure you felt this to go away for a holiday for easter and come back and it'd be like things that's been unraveled because of the messages being given at home um, in terms of making mistakes or going, you know, comforting children's challenge instead of letting them struggle um, and those sorts of things. So yeah, parents play a massive issue. So the fact you've got that background knowledge already puts you in a really good position. Yay, fantastic. <laughs> So, Cecilia, can you therefore see the value of schools engaging parents in the journey for themselves? Why would you say schools? Yeah. yeah, no, I definitely think um, there's a great benefit to getting parents involved. 
like the like you said, the parents who come to our showcase at the end of the course, um, they absolutely loved it. Mm. And I think growth mindset is something that all parents want to encourage. They hear about yeah. it, they all want to encourage it in the children. But just like I have as a teacher, um, they might have their own misconceptions around it or um, you know, naturally, like like we've talked about, they naturally putting those things onto their children in a fixed way or or by accident mm. um, and, and subconsciously promoting a fixed mindset in a way. Um, so I know I know as both a, a teacher and a parent and all round that I'm not I'm not an expert. I'm still on the journey with this and I've definitely not got it all sussed out. But I think the more parents have access to the kind of information that you you share, the better and the better for the children. Yeah, definitely. If they can if they can reinforce the messages of schools that are on a growth mindset journey, that's going to have a major impact on their child's development and their mental tools to be able to deal with challenges that we face. And they're not going to go away, but it's how you internalise those challenges and those setbacks that you come across through life. Um, yeah. Big difference in terms of your well-being. And parents are on board with it. That's that's a major part of the journey. So your part of your journey is changing, which is you're almost in the same position now that me and Gemma were in in 2017 when we um that well 2018 when we launched, but we were starting to develop our grow your mindset business. So you're in the process of preparing your new business, and as we know, mindset can impact massively on entrepreneurs, especially within the current landscape of covid so how do you think it will help you to develop and grow sweaty mama how's your mindset going to impact on that journey um well i do i will honestly say that the approach that i've taken towards launching my own business has been influenced greatly by the work that you did with me in school um i think it's sometimes it can sometimes be really easy to stick with what you know and then keep plodding rather than make a change that you actually might be really ready for. Mm -hmm. So I've completely retrained as a pre and postnatal fitness instructor, um, which has been a lot of work and it's been a huge leap of faith. Um, and in the past, I'll be honest, there would have been tears and tantrums and I can't do this, I'm going to fail over exams and tests and, you know, getting going with it all. But I honestly can say that I've approached it all so much more calmly um, with the kind of attitude of I'm going to do my best. I'm going to focus on what I can do and, you know, not not the things that are maybe out of control, which there are a lot of at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, in the past, like, like, like I shared with my class, I, I have I've worried constantly about what other people think of me and or what will they think if I fail this exam and and I've just really tried to, to keep my focus on my end goal, what I'm working towards and, and what I I can do to get there. Um, and I'm sure that there'll be plenty of obstacles as I continue into this business. I don't know if there'll be any quite as big as a global pandemic to contend with, hopefully. But, um, yeah, that's, that's the kind of mindset that I want to take forward now through the next 
next stage of my business really and just just yeah. keep it positive and keep focused well they say don't they we don't grow when things are easy we grow when we face challenges so uh so start your first business in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> but you know what <laughs> but your positivity is oozing you know what i mean you, you you can tell you you're on this you you want this you've got that goal and like we just talked we talked before we actually started the the meeting in terms of you're so proud of your achievements so far that it gives you that boost forward so you know what i can do this and it's that positive dialogue and when you have that fixed take it on that journey with you hang on no you're not stopping me by making me think this i'm going to do this instead and flip that screen yeah has jason seen a difference in you yeah definitely okay. definitely yeah um like i say i i was terrible for perfectionism and and i wouldn't just I, I, well i would get incredibly stressed about so many things even from just a lesson planning if it wasn't going quite right or i couldn't find the resource that i quite wanted or it wasn't good enough um so yeah yeah there's a, a big change that you've noticed that's coming down to it <laughs> so it's not the gin doing that it's your mindset <laughs> Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So, I mean, everyone, I mean, Sweaty Mama, I'd never even heard of it until I spoke to you about it. Is it actually a UK franchise or is it American? No, it's UK. Yeah, oh, the right. founder okay. is actually from Chorley. Hannah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah so right. it started off in Chorley. Um, so I'm quite local, really, to where it started from. But yeah, it's UK wide now, doing really, really well, popping up all over the place. Yeah. Um, it, is, it is a great. A great brand a great franchise they're really supportive which has helped as well um yeah so, yeah, so, so if people want to find out more where where do they go what what would they do so i have got my facebook page and my instagram which are both under sweaty mama berry and my website is berry.sweatymama.com so it's fun effective workouts with little ones right from six weeks old all the way up to four years. Oh um, I know. How do you lift up a four-year-old? <laughs> you get really strong. No, you don't. You don't have to lift the four-year-olds. <laughs> All right. <laughs> they, they can join in alongside. Oh, but, brilliant! Oh, fabulous! Well, really um, the picture that I sent you earlier. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, you know what? It's so exciting. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. And it's been really nice because it's we've had people coming from a business angle and we've had people who have written books or they're on um sort of they're like in SLT or the leadership role type in within education. And to speak to you, you are a normal teacher like millions of other <laughs> teachers out there. You yeah. are a normal mother like everybody else and you're taking a risk to do something new and it's your mindset, I can see from your answers there that your mindset is underpinning everything that, yeah. that is driving you forward. So that's, that's amazing. So thank you so much for your time.
Oh, thank and, you very um, much. I'll be looking out for your posts and videos and god knows my, my son's 22 this time so i doubt he'll want to come to sweaty mamas <laughs> you, never know. you never know i might drag him along but yeah you take care of yourself and keep oh, growing your mind up and we'll see you see you later